0: we left off in 1st First, First, First Hebrews chapter 12, uh, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, and I'll be reading uh, most of it in the Passion Translation, Hebrews 12:1 in the Passion Translation, and uh, the title of this series is Consider Him. There's so many things that you can consider, and just consider for a second how you consider In other words, uh, you're thinking about, you're you're meditating on, you're mulling it over, you're studying, you're looking at. And so uh, Hebrews 12 tells us to consider him. Well, uh, so we'll we'll be looking at Hebrews 12 and then also Romans chapter 4. So I'm going to begin reading, first of all, in Romans chapter 4, and then I believe I'll pick up uh, right where we left off in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. So Romans chapter 4 is talking about our father in the faith, uh, Abraham. Abraham uh, was the father of faith to them that were of the law, but also to them that were before the law or them that would be after the law, and that's us, because we're not under law, glory to God, we're under grace, because the strength of the law, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 56, is sin. So if you're under the law, uh, you know, if you want to say, why am I sinning so much, you have not appropriately received or conceived the grace of God. In other words, you're not thinking right about the grace of God. You're not thinking about right about the relationship that you have with him because our relationship with him is from him. It is of God. It is not of us that we should boast and say, look, God loves me more than anybody because I am more right than anybody because I am more righteous because I do this and I do that and you know, so on and so forth or because I don't do this or I don't do that. No, he loves us because he is love and he chose to love us while we were sinners. While we were messing up, he loved us. Romans 3:23. The godly died for the ungodly. So it's, it's a, it is a lie of the devil to try to steal from you, to try to destroy you, and to try to kill you, that you have to clean yourself up or get holy enough to come to God. You cannot. If you do everything right, but you you mess up in one little, the smallest little part, uh, the Bible says you're guilty of all. You might as well have done everything. I mean, if you're going to do something, do it big. (laughs) My wife's about the only one that laughed at that. Okay. (laughs) No, if you, have you ever, uh, you see in the word, like, this is a little bit too good to be true. Somebody, some of you uh, uh, Keris graduates, what's uh, how's Andrew Romack say that? The too good to be true news. The good news. How does he say it? He has a way he says that. Anyhow, it's basically he's like this. Good news is too good to be true. Why? Because it goes beyond the limits of your natural understanding, and it's only spiritually discerned. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. Well, the Word of God and the Gospel came by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of these pages. He's not the printing press. He's not the translator that translated it. But in the original language, as it was given, the Holy Spirit moved upon men of God to write. And they wrote his words, his thoughts, and, so, and also spoke it. And so when we look at Romans chapter 4, we find out about Abraham, the father of faith. And so let's read real, real quickly, hopefully, in verse 17. As it is written... I have made you, this is God talking to Abraham, uh, a father of many nations before him whom he believed. And now, in my Bible, there's a little I next to the word before, and in the margin it actually says, um, like unto him. So as it's written, I've made you the father of many nations, like unto him whom he believed even God. So in other words, Abraham was made like unto God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. God calls those things which be not as though they were. Even God Who quickens the dead, quickens just means makes the dead live, gives life to the dead, and calls those things which be not as though they were. So somebody said, how could I call my body healed when I feel horrible? Well, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't that be lying? How can I call my body healed when I have these test results that show This problem in my body, how can I call it healed? How how does 1 Peter 2.24 apply to me? By whose stripes you were healed. How is that true for me if I have this in my body? This diagnosis. Well, wouldn't that be lying? Well, God who calls those things which be not as though they were. Well, then God lied. Because you look, if we look down further, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving the glory to God, knowing that what he promised, he was able also to perform. And uh, God said to him, if you look back in Genesis 17, I have made you the father of many nations, yet he had no offspring. But God said, I have made you this, and I have called you the father of many nations. This is what I call you. I call those things which be not as though they were. Well, think about it. In the very beginning, the earth was without form and void. And God said, let there be light. But there was no light. So he called something that did not exist into existence. And and on and on, you see the the whole account of creation. God calls those things which be not as though they were. All right, let's go on. Verse 18. Uh, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, this is how Abraham did it. Anybody remember Romans 10, 17? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What did Abraham hear? The spoken word of God. God spoke to Abraham. And he believed God. He believed what God said. That's called faith. So, he believed according to that which was spoken. And here's what was spoken. So shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Oh, think of it, just in in the realm of any healing. If you're considering your body more than you're considering Him, well, what's going to happen? You're going to grow weak in faith. In other words, your trust in God is going to be weakened. So, man, I'm just using my phone a lot today, aren't I? So, the more I... if, If I let... My research ability, a.k.a. Google, (laughs) have entrance into my heart, guard your heart with all diligence, and I put that first before God, I'm going to grow weak in faith. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast, King James says, or anybody should be like, hey, look at me, Uh, look what I have done. Yet, we walk by faith. Why do I say yet we walk by faith? Well, because if you're not looking to what God has said, and you're trying to say, well, just because I'm a believer, uh, God loves me, he gave this to me, Uh, but you keep getting all of this other input, all of this research, all of these diagnoses, all of these other things, you will start to place more confidence in those things because you're more familiar with those things and you become more comfortable with those things. You should, it's fine to know all of those things as long as you know Him and He is first in your life. And thank God for like, uh, you go to some, uh, uh, well, like, uh, for instance, uh, You know, you could have a condition uh, that comes on you unexpectedly, and if it weren't for doctors, you might be dead. So don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying, but you always put God first. It's like you need money to live, yes, but don't dare put money first. The The love of money, not money itself, But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So it's real easy to put money first because we all need money. I mean, how many people, uh, uh, if all of your bank accounts were locked up and inaccessible, and if you have a safe at your house, you lost the combination, and uh, uh, in 60 days you'd just be in the same condition financially that you are right now? You gonna raise your hand. I wouldn't be. So you need money to live. I mean, we need money to get the gospel out. The gospel's free, but it costs money for people to hear the gospel. So you grow weak in faith by considering these other things. All right? Uh, Well, let me just finish there, and and then we'll go back to Hebrews 12, talking about considering Christ. Uh, Verse 19, I'll read it again. And being not weak in faith, He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. It's an old man. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's an old woman. So, old man, old woman generally, naturally equals no new children. (laughs) He staggered not at the promise of God. What was he looking at? The promise of God. He staggered not at the promise of God. Because what, what did he say before? He, verse 19, the previous verse, he considered not what? His body, and then he saw the promise of God, and he didn't stagger at what God had said. So number one, he didn't consider his body, but number two, he didn't stagger at what God had said. So he's like, okay, body, I understand your condition. Probably more fully than anybody else on this earth because it's my body. But I'm not going to consider you because he has spoken and I'm not going to stagger at his promise. Are you getting it? So God spoke and what he said, he calls those things which be not as though they were. He said something about Abraham's bodily condition or ability of his bodily condition, what his body could produce or not produce, and also his wife Sarah's body, what her body could produce or not produce. The thing I love about God, one of the many things, is he is eternal, and he is everlasting, and his word is eternal, and his word is everlasting. And so if you think right now about what happened to Jesus When he went to the cross, the stripes that were laid on him, the sins that were placed on him. He went to the grave then, and he defeated the devil in hell itself. And he came out with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he rose again, took his own blood. I don't know how that worked. He took his own blood to the real Holy of Holies. And offered it as a perpetual, eternal sacrifice for sins. As a perpetual, eternal release from the power and the slavery that sin brings you into bondage to. As a perpetual and eternal release. From sickness and disease and from poverty, every aspect of the curse. Christ has redeemed us, Galatians 3.13, from the curse of the law because he became the curse for us. So he redeemed us. He bought us back. He said, I see that condition and I conquer it and I remove it. Uh, uh, Matthew 8.17 says that he nased off of us. He lifted off. I tried to see that rocket and didn't get to see the rocket. But if I would have, I would have seen a liftoff. That's why I love that word, that Greek word, NASA. He nasa our infirmities. He, he said, you know, countdown, you know, three, two, one, lift off. So those things are removed from us. Well, Abraham... Considered him, he considered not his body, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief will make you stagger. Faith, faith, the, 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 the faith really has substance. Uh, Hebrews 11, one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you could be in a condition where you, you hope for a healthy body, you have a hope. Uh, a desire. You haven't given up hope. If you've given up hope, then you have to have hope before you can get faith, because uh, uh, faith is a substance of what you hope for. So as long as you have hope, at least you're on the right path. And then you, you, your, your faith gives that hope substance. You know the word? It's tangibility. It's touchable. It's real. And so he didn't stagger because he believed what God had said. And through unbelief, that unbelief will make you stagger. So if you're staggering, like like God has said, you will have children. Like the fruit of your womb is blessed. And if God has said that, or God has said, by the stripes of my son Jesus, you were healed. Because not everybody in here can get pregnant. So if God has said that in his word, and he has said that in his word, but you're like, yeah, you know, you, you have that hope, and you're, you're like, I believe it, oh, but, but this is what they say, uh, but this is what my body's doing, uh, you know, but like I said before, if you're Sarah, but I've gone through menopause, and I know like after menopause, everything's paused. And so, so, but, 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 well, what would that be doing? Abraham considered not his body. That would be considering your body. What's going to happen? You're going to stagger through unbelief because you, you, you are considering your condition more than you're considering the Word of God. How powerful is the Word of God? Well, powerful enough to make light Come from, there was darkness, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. Powerful enough to create mankind, everything in the world. Mankind, interestingly enough, is the one thing God did not create with his words. He created us from the dust of the earth. But he calls those things which be not as though they were. So, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God. So, what happens? Well, if you, if you find yourself staggering. Oh, that's, that worked out good. I actually tripped on it. So, uh, if you find yourself staggering, like you, you, you're, you're kind of like can't get your foot in, like you're on a ship that's but hitting... hitting by all these waves. Uh, That's actually how James describes, you know, when you ask God for wisdom, if if you're not like, if you're doubting, you're going to be like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed. In other words, these waves are coming and they're going to toss you and drive you. And you don't want them to toss you and drive you, but you're in the waves. So they're going to toss you and drive you. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from God. Well, Is that a a message of uh, fear from James? No, that's a message of freedom. That's a message of truth. Why? Because James was a human just like you are, just like I am. And the Holy Spirit inspired him. And the Holy Spirit happens to know something about faith. And he said, don't be doubting when you're asking. You believe God like Abraham, the father of faith. So Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. So what happens? Well, if you're looking at all of these other things, you're going to go towards all those other things. I like to use that illustration when I first learned to drive. You know, my parents told me, keep your eye on the road, look down the road, don't look right in front of you. All these instructions, probably other ones that I have forgotten, I'm sure, and maybe just hopefully I do by second nature now. Uh, Sorry, Mom and Dad. And so, uh, but you know, maybe a mile from my house, I'm driving down the road, one of my first trips on my own, and I got this awesome 1984 Ford Escort, <laughs> and I have a little radio. Where's Eddie? Are you in here? I don't know. So it has. I it had a, a. Oh, and also Peter. So it had this dial you had to turn and like tune in the station, like you had to tune it. And um, no MP3, uh, no no fancy stuff, no digital. And so anyhow, I'm trying to adjust the volume or change the station. I don't even remember which. And I'm driving here, and it's right here. So I, tr- I begin to grab down there, and at that stage of driving, now I would grab down like this. At that stage of driving, what do I do? I look there, and that's a little bit to my right. And so I make my adjustment, and I look up, and I'm pretty, I mean, I, this is my first car. I paid a $1,000 for it. And so I'm like, yeah, and I look up, and instead of the road being right here in front of me, Like, this is like a shoulder in a ditch, and the road is over here, because I went to where I was looking, because I didn't understand. Even though I was told, I had heard, it didn't really enter into my heart, because, I assume, of pride, because, well, I can drive a car. I know how to drive a car, so I'll just get in, drive the car. Yeah, I can adjust it. Ah! Well, I learned real quick, like, I'm looking the wrong direction. And so um, I don't take this stuff like, man, it's horrible. Like, I, I'm in this wild ocean being driven and tossed, and what's wrong with me? And, oh, I'm so horrible. And, you know, no, that's, that's the wrong perspective. You find out, no, 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 if they hadn't told me this, if uh, Paul didn't write this to the church at Rome about Abraham, and then if um, James didn't write it in his book, I might not be as clear on this. So now I know, oh, well, if I'm driven and tossed, that's not like, oh, you're a horrible person. That's an indication. Stop looking down at the radio. Look up when you drive. <laughs> Just reach down, adjust that, and look up when you drive. So let's go to, well, I'll finish. Oh, okay, Fast. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So in the midst of this, he is using uh, his heart and his mouth, and he's saying, glory to God. Or he's saying, God is so good, because if you look at this body, this body, it looks impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. God spoke to me. I imagine when some of them came up to him and said, Abraham, you are crazy. What are you thinking? He said, no, 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 no. Okay, normally, I would be totally crazy. But you gotta gotta listen to this. God spoke to me and he said, I have made you the father of many nations. Yahweh spoke to me and said this. So he's like, stand at attention. This is what God said. It's not like Abraham decided this. This is what God said. So Abraham's not resting on Abraham's word, Abraham's kind of mulling it over and he's saying, Well, uh, you are good. You created the whole world. You created everything. You have the ability to do anything. Oh, you're awesome. You're going to do it. You said it, you're going to do it. If you said it, you're going to do it. God said it. This is what God said. God said, I have made you the father of many nations. He even changed my name. He even said, oh, you're no longer going to be Abram, father of nations. I'm going to change your name to Abraham. For the father of many nations have I made you. And he's thinking, man, you are good. You, I, I was like, nothing. And now you have made me the father of many nations. Oh, it's going to be awesome to see how you do this. Uh, because, because uh, you know, Sarah laughed when she first heard about this. And uh, I was kind of wondering myself, but then when you came down and you made that covenant with yourself, but as uh, you stood in the place of me, representing me, that life and death covenant, that's where the names change in the covenant. There's an exchange of names. There's an exchange of of wealth. There's an exchange of ability. And so God made this covenant in Genesis chapter 17, 18. We looked at that the other weeks. And so he made this covenant. So Abraham is not considering his body He's not saying, well, this is, this is, but this is what the doctor said. But this is what the doctors think. But this is what the doctors, blah, 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 blah. He's saying, well, the doctors say this. But God said this. But God said that. But this is what God said. But God has never lied. But God cannot lie. But God made a covenant. He made a blood covenant to the death. And God will not lie. And he cannot lie. So in other words, you understand he's considering something. But he's not considering his body. He's he's considering the promise, and he's giving glory to God. He's like, well, Lord, look what the Lord said. If he said it, he'll do it. He's not a man that he should lie. In fact, it's impossible for him to lie. If he lied, uh, the whole universe would cease to exist, the Bible says. I don't have the reference for that, but if you want it, I'll look it up for you right after service. I don't recall it at the moment. Okay. And verse 21, then, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So not, not, you know, some people are a lot of talk, but not a lot of action. But God has spoken, and he is able to perform it. If I said, uh, you know, if you take me out to lunch today, I'll write you a check for a billion dollars. I think you'd probably question my ability. I mean, I would question my ability to perform it. But this is God. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also who uh, to whom it would be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. All right. Uh, Chapter 12 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. As for us, verse 1, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. Those are those that have gone before us. Remember the chapter up before Hebrews chapter 11, we call it the great faith hall of fame. All of these heroes of faith and by faith, by faith, I think it's like by faith 32 different times. You know, by faith they overcame. By faith the mouths of lions were closed. By faith they refused uh, to be set free, but became martyrs, by faith, by faith, by faith. So the question is, how are you going to do what God has called you to do? It is going to be by faith. faith. And Hebrews 11 six says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not improbable, not it 's going to be really hard. it 's going to be really hard for you to do this if you don 't do it by faith. it 's going to be very challenging for you to do it if you don 't no, no. He said, it is impossible. To please God without faith. So if you want to please God, how are you going to do it? By faith. By faith. faith. So faith is believing God. And by believing God, in order to believe God, that means you're disbelieving other things. Your faith is not on these other things. Right? So he was uh, looking unto Jesus or looking unto the spoken word of God and not looking at these other things. So Abraham was doing an act of faith. Right, which was believing. So as for us, uh, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. That means all of these great men and women of faith that you read about in Hebrews 11:6, they are looking down from heaven at us, running our race of faith. Mm. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us, And the sin that we so easily fall into. We have to let go of every wound that has pierced us. And the sin that we so easily fall into. Isn't that interesting? He said, let's consider all these, these witnesses, these great men and women of faith. They're looking down and they're like, go, go, go. Get this gospel out. Many of them didn't even have that. They just had the promise of it. They knew it was coming, right? And so they're like, go, go, go. But we have to let go of the things that have pierced us and the sin that so easily gets a hold of us. Well, what has pierced you? What does that mean? Well, you ever had something, an experience that happened? That, man, you're like, I don't want to affect my heart. I don't want it to affect my heart. But, oh, 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 it's just every time I think about it, it's a difficult, it's a, you know. Well, if you're not letting go of that, that thing will dominate you. And that thing right there will stop the power of God in your life. Well, you're kind of considering that instead of considering him. I must hurry. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. It's a marathon race. In other words, it's not just a little sprint. Oh, we're just going to do this. No, no, we're in this for the long haul. So you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to feel really good while you're running. You're going to feel like, oh, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I can take another step. I say that because I ran a marathon once. (laughs) No, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But not looking to yourself for strength, looking to him for strength. Be strong in the Lord. The Bible doesn't say be strong in yourself. It doesn't say, Dave, what's wrong with you? Why are you not strong enough in yourself? No, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So we look away from the natural realm, verse 2, and we fasten our gaze onto who? Jesus, who birthed faith within us, who birthed faith within us, and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners, now listen how Passion translates this, who opposed their own souls, Was it Abraham Lincoln? Someone might have to help me, but who said, if I could find the man that is causing me the most trouble and kick him in the seat of the pants as hard as I possibly could kick, I would not be able to sit down for a week. (laughs) If I could find the man who's giving me the most trouble and kick him in the seat of the pants as hard as I could, I would not be able to sit down for a week. You get that quote? So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls. That's one of the worst things is when you realize, wait a minute, my wife is not the problem. My children are not the problem. My pastor is not the problem. My church is not the problem. My boss is not the problem. Uh, The other political party is not the problem. My political party is not the problem. The government is not the problem. I am the problem. (laughs) Uh, Who oppose their own souls. So that you won't become worn down. And cave in under life's pressures. After all. You have not reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin and have not forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children. He said, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and the training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. You ever been corrected by the Lord? I have, but you know what about his correction? He always draws you near to himself, and his correction is never condemnation, like you're condemned, like you did this, there's no way out of this, you messed up so bad. No, no, his correction uh, brings life and freedom in the situation. All right, let's skip down to verse 14, 15 so I can finish. Uh, In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. Do you hear that? Have you ever read that? Until a couple weeks ago when I was studying this, I never read that in this translation watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of god's grace consider him consider him when you're considering all these other things all these other people all these other thoughts and especially when you're considering yourself uh, you're going to be ignorant of the revelation of the grace of god that god has already done this for you that he loves you so much he saw you in your worst possible condition And he said, no, I will not let it be that way. I will send my son for that one and that one and that one for every one of us so that they can be free. But because God is love, love never forces you. Some people say, well, if God is love, how come he lets all these bad things happen in the world? How come he just doesn't fix it all? Because he's love. And he's also justice. And so uh, God, in the beginning, God created Adam. Adam and Eve gave them dominion over the earth. In other words, he said, here's the earth. I created the earth, and then I created you last. So in other words, I created all this for you to enjoy. He gives us richly all things to enjoy, Colossians. And he said, now you go and take dominion over it. You're in charge of it, right? You're in charge. Well, what did, it, what did they do? Well, Shortly thereafter, the serpent came up and tempted Eve and questioned the word of God, what God had said. And, well, did God really say? He, he just has bad intentions. He knows when you eat of that, you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. In other words, he's getting them to question the motives of God. Yeah. The devil ever gets you to question the motives of God? Yeah. If you're alive, certainly he has. <laughs> so what happened? Well, They did what he said, which gave up their authority to him. That's why Ephesians says that Satan is the God of this world. So you want to know why there's death and destruction and all of these horrible things going on? Because Satan is the God of this world, or you could say this world system. And your only ticket out of that world system is through faith in Jesus Christ. And through faith in Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection... From your heart, not your head, but from your heart, you receive the very life of God. Your nature actually changes. You're, you're taken, uh, King James says, translated out of darkness into light. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you may have heard the name Jesus Christ. Maybe you just heard it as a cuss word. Well, it's, it's, it's not really just a cuss word. That's the name of the Holy Son of God who loves you no matter what you're in the middle of and no matter what you've been through, no matter what mistakes you have made. He loves you in spite of those sins and those mistakes and those failings and those weaknesses. He loves you with a love that is not of this world. He loves you with the very love of God. And that kind of love... Reaches down to those that are hurting, to those that need help, to those that are trapped, and sets them free. Romans chapter 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, in other words, you you say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's with your heart that you believe, and it's with your mouth that you say, So I could say all day long, you know, um, Jesus is Lord. I believe God raised him from the dead. And if I'm just saying it from my mental ability, my reasoning uh, faculties, not from my heart, uh, it won't do me any good whatsoever. Except for maybe I hear it long enough, all of a sudden I might open my heart to it and receive that. You know, so I'll school myself into believing. But it is with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you have never believed in your heart and said with your mouth, declared with your mouth, Jesus as your Lord, and you believe that God raised him from the dead and you'd like to do that this morning, the second you do that, you'll be taken out of darkness and put into light. Faster than you can snap your fingers, your life will be changed. You'll have a new nature, uh, you'll have the love of God and you'll have peace that comes from God in your heart. That'll calm everything down. If you'd like to receive Jesus right now, and you'd like me to pray with you, just slip up your hand. I wanna, I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. Your life will take the most dramatic turn possible in existence. Number two, if you're here this morning and you were uh, a believer and uh, you just got distracted by other things, let other things uh, drown out the voice of God and take the place of God and. Maybe they've even become like little gods to you. If you just kind of got distracted and you feel in your heart that you you need to come back and you need to say, you know what, Lord, I'm all in. I, I'm, I'm tired of messing with all this other stuff, being distracted and being stolen from, uh, getting on the devil's territory. I, I want to I just reconfirm I'm fully in. I, I want to come back. If that's you, uh, lift up your hand. I, I'll pray with you. Pray for you. Yeah. Don't, don't resist the Lord when he's moving on you. Uh, Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is the time. Uh, Don't wait a minute longer. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And number three, uh, if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, you've never been filled with the Spirit, uh, maybe you didn't know what that is, but Jesus said, you know, wait until you be filled with power from on high before you go out to be a witness. You get power to be a witness, which is not just telling people about Jesus, it certainly includes it, but you get power to live a godly life. You may have been struggling and struggling and struggling. Man, you get filled with the Spirit. You get such a power, and you become uh, acquainted with the Holy Spirit in a way that you haven't before. You're born again. You have the Holy Spirit, uh, but you can actually have more of the Holy Spirit. You can have him in his fullness. If you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, lift up your hand. Number one, salvation. Number two, uh, coming back, rededicating your life. Or number three, being filled with the Spirit. Slip up your hand uh, real quickly if you'd like to respond to any of those. God loves you. He invites you. He's made provision for you. Well, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that for the blood of Jesus that sets us free, for the blood of Jesus that causes us to be more than conquerors in life. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that uh, took us out of darkness and uh, wiped away all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our weaknesses, all of our inabilities. We thank you for the stripes of Jesus that healed us. We thank you for the redeeming power of the blood that Christ on the cross took poverty, lifted it off of us, lifted sickness off of of us, and brought us back from spiritual death, Father. We thank you for your word. I pray today as we go that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that these things that we even see just a glimpse of, Father, that we would understand more and see more because of your grace, your grace to give us revelation, your grace to give us understanding, your grace to bring us into sweet, precious, intimate fellowship with you. Father, I pray this week that this week in every one of our lives, every believer's life that's under the sound of my voice, Father, that our knowledge of you and our intimacy with you would be so sweet and so tender and so precious that we'd actually see things and know things about you that we have only dreamed of. That it'd be like a dream coming to pass, our relationship with you, Father. We thank you for your life that you have given us and that more abundantly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Father, I pray that each of us concerning what you have done and our inheritance that we wouldn't be ignorant, uh, but that we would know and understand the great mighty power of your life within us and your word within us and your spirit within us and upon us. In Jesus' name I pray.